Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. You know I'm going to say it. I am thrilled. I'm so honored and blessed that you've chosen to tune in today. Thank you so much for doing that. I've got a real exciting episode for you on the podcast today. I get to share an interview with you that I had with my now new but good friend, uh, Jeff Tun. And, and you're going to just uh, recognize that he and I are kindred spirits here. Uh, Jeff is... Um, uh, in the IT industry, uh, grew up as a, a software developer and into the executive ranks in software development and technology sector. And so he and I just kind of nerded out on that. I have a, a software development background of my own. And so that's kind of in the corporate world where I grew up and grew up into the ranks of leadership was in the software development world, IT world. So he and I hit it off uh, very well, obviously, and just enjoyed talking to him about leadership in the IT sector. But I would say this, if you're not in the IT industry, you're still going to get a lot from this interview. So I hope you'll stay tuned and listen in to that. Before I jump over to an introduction of Jeff and, and into that interview, let me, quick housekeeping item, let me uh, remind you again of the free leadership calculator tool that we have available for you. Head over to CredibleLeaders.com. You'll see a button there at the very top of the page where you can measure your leadership effectiveness. It's a free online tool that you can utilize, uh, survey-based, you answer a few questions, and then using our leadership equation, it calculates for you your leadership score. And then it also puts for you on one of the five leadership levels that we've defined. And then as a part of that, you'll also get a report that indicates for you exactly what you need to do, what you need to focus on to increase your leadership score and, and increase in your leadership level there as well. So be sure you check that out, credibleleaders.com. Right in, at the top of the page, you'll see a button to uh, to select the, uh, the leadership calculator. So be sure you take advantage of that. I wouldn't want you to miss that. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. I met Jeff just uh, actually now just a few weeks back now. Uh, and again, just in this interview, you're going to hear I had a great time with him. But let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. So Jeff, um, he has a deep experience in uh, technology, uh, but also as a business executive. And he draws on this background, uh, you know, to his passion is to educate, to inspire, and to entertain uh, our audiences large and small, right? I mean, he's a public speaker in the area of IT uh, leadership and business leadership. And he's also, he's authored two books. Uh, just his most recent book is uh, Amplify Your Job Search, Strategies for Finding Your Dream Job. But then also a few years back, he, he authored a book entitled Amplify Your Value, Leading IT with Strategic Vision. And I will leave links to both of those books in the show notes of this episode. You can head over to rookieleaders.com. This is episode number 65. So you can head over to rookieleaders.com. You'll see the the show notes for that and, and links to Jeff's books there. I highly encourage you to take advantage of those. But Jeff tells this story of being, you know, having those teenage dreams of becoming a rock star. Uh, but then as he got older, kind of reality sets in, right? And so he's traded his guitar for a keyboard uh, and he became a, a rock star of a different sort, if you will. And so after he launched, after launching his career as a software developer, uh, Jeff, uh, he eventually became a industry recognized leader and business executive. Uh, and he did that by, you know, building great teams, leading organizations. He led organizations in the banking, uh, consumer electronics, real estate development, um, technology sectors, obviously, even in the nonprofit sector. So just had a really, really good, good conversation with Jeff. And I think you're going to enjoy it as well. So without further ado, let me get over to my interview with Jeff Tun. 
Jeff, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the podcast because I know we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, is really near and dear to my heart, but uh, welcome. It's good to have you today. Uh, Michael, it is great to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation because as, as you know, it's a topic near and dear to my heart as well. Yeah, you know, we we connected a, a few weeks back, maybe I think it was now, um, and just, uh, you know, I took some notes on, well, you know, what what's going on in Jeff's world and what can we share with uh, with my audience? Uh, and you mentioned having an IT background, working in the IT yep. industry. And listeners of this podcast probably know a little bit about my background, and that is in the corporate world anyway. Um, well, uh, after the military, I ended up getting a computer science degree and got into software development. And then so my corporate world experience is kind of growing through the ranks of software development and you you know you said hey let's talk about leadership in the it industry and I'm, yeah bingo I, I you know i'm i'm good with that i can talk all day on that so i'm excited to share the topic why don't we kind of start with well what is your it industry experience and then we can talk well what does leadership look like there absolutely yeah it it, it seems hard to, to think about from my from my seat here that uh, I've been in IT for 40 years. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, I started in on the software development side. I I fell in love with writing code uh, and found out that I, I had a real gift for writing code, for being able to listen to people describe a problem they were having at work and being able to solve that problem with code. And mm -hmm. so... Man, I, at first in my career, that was all I ever wanted to do. I was going to be a coder the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the day, long hair, hippie, cobalt programmer, <laughs> man. Um, but um, uh, about halfway through my career, so about 20 years ago, um, I got drugged kicking and screaming into management. I had right. a, a couple of friends of mine that said, man, you'd be good at it. Um, you're a leader. You should you should go into that and do that. And uh, reluctantly, I took a took a position and found out that I loved it. You're right. Uh, right. Just like just like I love solving problems with code, I, I loved helping people grow in their career and remove those roadblocks. Uh, so I spent the second half of my career in various uh, management leadership and executive leadership roles in the IT space. Yeah. yeah. So so I have a question. When is the last time you've typed a curly brace? Oh man, it's it's been a while. I bet, right? <laughs> I, it has been a while. It has been a while. I'd have to think about that. I it, remember. It's funny because when I take notes, I draw them, but I don't type them all that right. often. <laughs> so, so my languages were C plus plus, and then later uh -huh. on C sharp, and semicolons and curly braces. They're all over the the you know in that in those syntax. Yep. Uh, and so that uh, I tell people nowadays, you know, I haven't pounded the keyboard i haven't typed a curly brace and a semicolon in a long time long time um, yeah but but yeah. i've got a i've got a very similar i think story to you although i i would say that i didn't get kind of pulled into leadership kicking and screaming uh, but i think for very similar reasons i wanted to get into leadership and like you as a software developer i wanted the company to give me a problem and i wanted to be able to solve that with software yeah. And the, it was almost an addictive nature to that. You give me a problem, yes. let me solve it. Well, the next time I want a bigger problem and then mm -hmm. a bigger problem and then a bigger problem. And ultimately I kept asking for metaphorically, I kept asking for this uh, bigger problem and they started giving me problems big enough that I couldn't solve them on my own. And so my, my right. obvious response then was, well, okay, this is, too big for me alone. You, you've got to give me a team of people, which they did. Uh, so I was kind of asking, you know, I wasn't yeah, saying, Hey, yeah. make me a leader, but I was saying, Hey, I need more people so that I can solve this big problem that you gave me. Um, and I think like you initially it was, I just so enjoyed solving those big problems. And, yeah. and I took pride in the idea that it was such a big problem. I needed a number of people. But somewhere along the way, and, and honestly, I don't know that I can pinpoint when this happened, but somewhere along the way, what really energized me and spun my wheels 
was no longer the problem, but it was seeing those people now, that yeah. team of people that I'm working with, seeing them succeed, right? Yes. And it, and it kind of shifted from, I don't care about the problem anymore. Whatever it is, I want to see these people win. I want to see them succeed. Uh, yeah. And so that was kind of my journey into that. Um, but that doesn't mean I was a good leader at that point. I should I should indicate right. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that again, very similar. You you get that adrenaline rush from solving the coding problem, uh, and then as you transition into management and leadership, you begin to see that um, uh, that rush, so to speak, comes from helping people. I used to when I was chief information officer, I used to tell my my direct reports all the time that the proudest day of my career will be when you come in my office and resign because that means to go be CIO somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Cause that means I did my job. Yeah. I, I yeah. got you ready for that next, that next step in your career. Um, and um, I, I think that uh, as, as we, as leaders in the, in the tech space, if those of us that have kind of been there and done that and followed that path, one of the things that we quickly realized, and I know we're, we're going to dive into this, Michael, is that we got promoted because we were good technologists. Right. We were good coders, right? We mm -hmm. wanted to solve bigger problems, bigger mm -hmm. and bigger problems. Uh, not necessarily because we were good managers or good leaders. And so we, a lot of times, have to learn on our own uh, how to become that leader. Yeah. Uh, and that, that can be a challenge when you're trying to build the airplane while you're flying. Right. right. Very good analogy. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, th this isn't uh, restricted to software development. Um, no. In our, in our leadership coaching world, we're always talking about the sales department, right? And we talk about yeah. that salesperson that is, you know, he's the rock star salesperson, you know, every month, his numbers are bigger and better than everyone else's. Uh, he's the guy that you feel like, man, we just couldn't do without him. Uh, yep. So he's the rock star salesman. And what happens because he's such a great individual salesman, he gets promoted to sales manager and then the sales department just kind of crumbles, right? His numbers go down. Everyone yep. else's numbers go down. And, and that's an issue around leadership. He, he's still obviously a phenomenal salesman. Right. But he's not very good, obviously, at leading other salesmen. Uh, and exactly. you and I, it sounds like we, we found ourselves in the exact same boat. It's just software development, not sales. But, uh, you know, we, we get promoted and we think, all right, now I've got a project, a really big project that's got a really big problem. And I have these four other people. Now, how <laughs> am I going to lead those four people, you know, Cause I can't just sit down and write this code fast enough on my own. Right. So I've right. got to lead these other four people. So I, I agree with you. It's, it feels like, I think that's a really good analogy. It feels like you're trying to kind of rebuild the airplane yep. while it's in the air, because you don't get the same level of, or my experience, you tell me if this was your experience, you don't get the same level of intentionality from your from your business, from your, from your, your own leadership, when you're given that leadership role, as you did when you were an individual developer, right? I, I, my company sent me to conferences. They were willing to buy me books. They were willing to, you know, when it came to the skill of software development, it almost felt like a blank check, right? If you want uh -huh. training, yeah. we will give it to you. Yes. Well, now I find myself in a leadership position and it didn't feel like all those opportunities were equally available to me. How, what, yeah, what about you? Yeah. Well, I, exactly right. I was just I was just having coffee uh, this morning with a friend of mine, and and we were talking about uh, something along these same lines that it, it used to be uh, when you joined a, a large company, they had uh, management training programs, mm -hmm. right? And and those that were interested, or if your supervisor recommended you, you joined these management training programs and that was kind of the path. Uh, and, and I'd say we, in a lot of cases, have stopped doing that. Uh, and even though some organizations do have, you know, learning and development, professional development, there's not a lot of, of, of focus of where do you start? 
you know, when you're an individual contributor, whether you're coding or whether you're in sales uh, or any other individual contributor role, right, you have a focus. I need to learn this language. I need to learn this database. I need to learn this process, whatever it is. Uh, and you can pick that. Well, where do you start in leadership? Mm-hmm. Right. What, yeah. what's, what are some of the first skills that you need to understand? Um, and, and, you know, we used to call them soft skills. And, and I think that gives in some people's mind that gives a bad impression that they're not valuable skills. There's, Oh, they're soft skills. Mm-hmm. They're not our hard technical skills. And, what what you find out the farther you go in the management and leadership ranks, the more it's all about the soft skills. Yeah, right. Totally. I we we talked about the 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 curly brace and the mm-hmm. semicolon, but uh, man, I sure am. Uh, I'm a rock star at PowerPoint now. Right, right? because you have to be. <laughs> right, you have right. to be. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a different way of thinking about it, and that again, that's a technical skill. That's not a leadership skill, but. Uh, what what that where where that comes into play is you're now trying to influence uh, and persuade and inspire your team, your peers, your management upwards, and you have to be able to do that by sharing a compelling story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just not bullet points on PowerPoint. Don't get me wrong; this is not death by PowerPoint, but mm-hmm. uh, it you, you you trade one. Uh, technical skill for some some soft skills underscored with some technical skills. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with that. In 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 our leadership teaching, we have this thing we call it the leadership equation, and it, we use it um, to to calculate and measure someone's leadership effectiveness. And it has four variables: it has credibility, competence, motive, and uh, relationship. And I always talk about the competence one, and I always. When I teach competence, I say, as a leader, there's two aspects to competence. Right? You, you have to have both areas of knowledge. One is knowledge in the subject matter that is relevant to your team, to the team you're leading. Mm-hmm. But second to that is the knowledge in, in general leadership practices, right? And, and that's yeah. some of the soft skills and all that you were just talking about. But in when you're in leadership, there is this natural migration from one of one of those elements of of competence to the other, right? So mm-hmm. early on in my career, and it's probably the same with you, really, really good software developer. And so mm-hmm. I had the subject matter competence that I needed, right? That brought yeah. that yeah. brought me the respect of those individuals that I was uh, leading and so forth. But I had very little of the the leadership competence, right? I mm-hmm. just I didn't I didn't have enough of that. Yeah. But over yeah. time, what happens, and this happens through being given uh, more leadership responsibilities and things like that, your competence migrates, or it should, it, right? Yes. If, if you're yes. doing your job as a leader, it your competence should migrate from that subject matter expertise over to leadership expertise. And so I would just submit to you today, if I had to join a project and write out the code to solve a big problem, it's not going to happen. I'm just too far removed now. Yeah, My competence. Yeah. Now I know enough to, to sniff out when someone is, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> underestimating something or whatever, but uh-huh. my competence has migrated from subject matter expertise over here to leadership expertise. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think, uh, you know, one of the hardest things, and, and I work with, with my clients a, a lot in this regard, is you're so used to being that, that rock star coder or rock star individual contributor. One of the hardest transitions is when you're no longer the smartest person in the room. That's right, yeah. Right? Um, when um, uh, in my career path, I, I went from, various leadership roles in the software department of, of organizations to a chief information officer role. And all of a sudden I had responsibility for infrastructure, mm-hmm. man, I'd never dealt with the blinking lights before. Right. I had no idea. Well, all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I've got direct reports and, and skip level reports that are rockstar engineers, systems engineers at network engineers, and they're talking a language I don't understand. That's right. And yeah. so, yeah, you, you have to have a certain level of technical competence 
But at, at, at some point, you also have to trust in your people and build that trust in your people yeah. Yeah. Um, that uh, if if you don't, you're you're never going to be able to understand everything yep. uh, about it. It's just too broad. Yeah. Um, but you need to know enough that you can uh, sniff out uh, a problem when you when it, when it arises, right? Um, and I, I used to tell my teams that um, if I ask you the same question two or three times in a row don't give me the same answer. It's because I'm something, there's a disconnect happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I either don't understand what you're trying to tell me, or I don't believe what you're trying to tell me. So right, let's talk right. about a different story. The third time I yeah, asked. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, that that's the way it happens, right? You, you said at some point in time, you become a situation where you're not the smartest person in the room. And mm-hmm. that either happens kind of, uh, gradually, uh, that was the case for me, right? I, I stayed in software development, but over some period of time, leadership consumed enough of my time. Yes. And then yeah. either through, you know, hiring new people or just the maturity of those that I w- were leading, eventually they knew more about development than I did. Right? And, and that yeah. kind of gradually happens over time. Other situations, which sounds like yours, you're assigned to some other group of people or some other yeah. area of responsibility. And now suddenly, right, it's not gradual anymore. Suddenly you're no longer the smartest person in the room. And yeah. that's when, whether it happens to you gradually or suddenly, that's when these soft skills of leadership that you were talking about earlier, you'd yeah. better have some of those. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know, I mean, gosh, it could be as bad as you, you end up having a mutiny on your hand. Uh-huh. If, yeah. if you don't have those, those leadership skills, those subject matter skills that you had in the past, still somewhat important, but now at this point, now you're leading really, really smart people. You'd better have yeah. some leadership skills at that point. Absolutely. And, and, and I, and I love how you were talking about, uh, depending on where you are in your career and, and how it's mapping out that, uh, the leadership skills become, uh, all consuming, right? You, right? you you have to focus so much on those. You can't possibly keep up to date on the coding and or, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I talk to uh, CIOs all the time that tell me, well, I, I like to keep my hands dirty. I like to dig in and I like to write code every once in a while. And what I'm thinking in the back of my mind is then you're not focused enough on your leadership. Yeah. If yeah. you got time well, to do that, man, uh, um, more power to you, but I, I don't know how you've got time to do that and develop yourself as a leader at the same time. Yeah, that's totally true. You know, I talk about in, in my mentoring of people in the software development world, they're reaching that point in their career and they're kind of trying to needing to make a decision uh, on, do they mm-hmm. continue down a, a really, really technical path and, and maybe go down the path of like a principal engineer or some kind of architect or something like that, or, or get really, really specialized in yeah. some niche area of software development, or do they go down a more of a leadership path? Yeah. And, yeah. and I always teach them that it's kind of a fork in the road. And mm-hmm. in the early days of that fork, you can kind of jump back and forth, right? So if you yeah. if you take on a little bit of leadership and you decide you, you know, just not for me, I don't like this stuff, then you can jump back across the fork over to the technical side and be okay. Yeah. But eventually yeah. that fork diverges enough to the point you're making. Eventually it diverges enough that you're going to need to focus so much on leadership yeah. that that's all you can do. Right. And at that point, at that point, you're in the boat like me. I mean, if I had to go back to software development now, right, I'd be taking some courses and and stuff like that to try to get back in the game. Right. You mean my fallback plan of falling back on my cobalt coding is it's not a great fallback plan? It might be a little out of date now. It might be a little out of date, yes. (laughs) No, you could probably find some software programs out there written in cobalt that really, really need some support and some sustaining right now, I'm sure. I I, I, I bet you could. I think there's still a lot of that code running. Totally, Uh, totally. Well, so I think, you know, Jeff, one thing I want to ask you is why do you think it is that it seems so prevalent that 
in in different industries, it doesn't matter what industry, again, as I said earlier, we have these individuals, they're, they're rock stars, they're getting promoted, but the company or their own leadership or business doesn't see the need to uh, make leadership development as equally available to them as they did in their, their technical skill set, whatever it might be. God, that, that, that's probably the, the billion dollar question, right? right Mike, right. Why, why we don't focus on that. And, and I think, I think in a lot of ways, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We see these as soft skills. And so there, uh, I, I think you run into a lot of people that says that, that think, well, you either got them or you don't. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, um, can, um, can a strategic thinking person, uh, can you create that? Can you teach that? Or is that just an innate, uh, skill set? Um, uh, it, it goes back to the, uh, are, are leaders born or are they made? Right. 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 And, and you can debate that all day long. I think just from our conversations, uh, you and I would probably subscribe to the fact that they're made, mm-hmm. right. That totally. they're developed, that they're, uh, that they're built. Um, and yeah, we may have some innate qualities that, that make us gravitate uh, in that direction perhaps, but for the most part, um, we leave it up to the individual to um, seek out uh, their their own leadership development training, right. uh, whether it's uh, go find a mentor, go find a coach, uh, go read this book, uh, rather than wrapping an entire program together. And I mean, that's one of the things that at, at this stage in my career, one of the things that I'm focused on, I, I, I like to call it changing the face of IT. Uh, because I believe that the leadership skills that got many of us to those positions of leadership are not the skills that our businesses need today, nor will demand in the future. And that runs the gamut of deep, deep business acumen. It's collaboration, communication, critical thinking, systems thinking, design thinking, and diversity. And Mm -hmm. so I've dedicated this part of my career to driving that message and helping uh, technology leaders, whether they're information technology or say tech sales leaders, whatever that is driving the ideas of those skills and how do you build them and how do you develop them? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. I, when I, when I think about, well, why are companies, why do they not see the value or the need in leadership development for those that they're promoting into leadership? And, and I, I think it's, uh, that's typically one of two reasons. And and one of them, I think you really nailed with, uh, I think a lot of times the leadership within a business, they live in the f- philosophy of you're either a leader or you're not, right? You're either born mm-hmm. as a leader or you're not. And honestly, I despise that, that mentality uh, mm-hmm. because it, it, it literally makes me angry because I feel like if that's your approach, then you're setting people up for failure, right? Because yes. essentially yeah. what you're saying is, I don't know if you are able to be a good leader, but I'm going to promote you into a leadership role and we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if, if you've just promoted that person into a leadership role and, and you didn't do anything to help them and they, and they're, they're not this quote born leader that you think they might be. You've just set that person up for failure, right? And and yeah, that's not yeah. going to end well for that person or the people that that person is leading, right? And uh, so I, that I really despise that mentality because, as you said, I I am certainly a believer that leaders can be made. Mm-hmm. Now I will certainly attest to the fact that certain characteristics make it easier for people to be leaders. I, I believe yeah. it's easier for an extrovert to be a leader than it is an introvert. But that doesn't mean introverts can't be great leaders. Right? They that's can right. they that's can right. learn to to lead as well. So that's the the one uh, one aspect of why corporations don't do leadership, I, I think, uh, leadership development. And then the other I think I can live with it a little bit better and that is this not recognizing the scalability and the longevity of good leadership within an organization, right? I think too many businesses, especially publicly traded businesses, they're too focused on deliver things in this quarter, right? Deliver the results I need right now in this quarter. 
and leadership development doesn't necessarily impact this quarter. But if yeah. you want you, you your can't business build a leader in three months, exactly, exactly. But yeah. if you want your business long term to scale, you'd better have some leadership yeah. uh, within the ranks of, of your business that is highly yeah. effective. Right. I, I think one of the telling pieces of that, Michael, is when you look at companies that that for whatever reason have to go through a budget cut, whatever it is, the, the first budget that gets whacked is training and development. That's right. Right. Yes. Um, because that's that's the easy one to, to, to wipe out. Uh, but it's probably the most valuable investment that you're making because you're making an investment in your people, which is probably your number one expense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. I mean, that that's where um, that's where your money needs to be spent in, in your people. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, that way they can produce the results that you're that you're needing and that you're desiring and so forth. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you just can't. You know, if you go back to the scenario where I was pr promoted to a team lead, given given four other developers, and so now there's the five of us. Well, if I can't lead those four other individuals effectively, it'll never get any bigger than just the five right. of us, right? Just the five of us, and we'll be able to solve uh, a, a problem of a certain size. But at that point, if my leadership effectiveness doesn't grow, we're just plateaued. Yeah, that's yeah. the best we can do. But once I am a better leader and and I can get even more productivity from those people uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of the soft skills that that you've yeah. already been talking about through building good relationships with them and caring for them and taking uh, care of them, treating them well, by doing all those things, becoming a better, more effective leader, now I get better productivity out of them. Yeah. And I've grown the leadership skills necessary that give me five more people now and I can lead yeah. all 10 of them. Right. So that's the way it scales long term when we uh, when we're intentional about leadership development among our ranks. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's kind of. All right. So we've. Um, We've graduated into uh, from from rock star individual. Now we're a leader, and you know we're we're trying to learn, right? Whether mm -hmm. we've taken it on ourselves or we've convinced our corporation to uh, uh, to invest in us, maybe send us to some leadership training or something like that. But now, as the leader, first time leader of a of a small team, likely I've got to start navigating this team and, and oftentimes we'll call this a, a vision, right? I've got to, mm -hmm. I've got to create yeah. some type of vision, some type of goal that I can point to and say, Hey team, let's go and, and achieve that. Right. Yes. And then I've got to kind of get in the trenches with them and help them to execute and achieve that. So I'd certainly like to get your insights on, now that I'm the leader, now I know a little bit, how do I take that next step of let's define a vision and, and lead the team into going after it? I, I, think, I think vision and, and strategy uh, kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, you know when, when you're taking over that four-person team, your vision probably is we're going to solve this problem. Let's go attack this problem. But as you were talking about, you know, your your – your sphere of influence continues to expand, your vision has to expand with it. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to be really audacious here. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Jim Collins's book, uh, good to great. Okay. But I'm yes. going to disagree with Mr. Collins on one point. Excellent. Um, he, he'd probably kill me, but <laughs> so in that, it, that we're all familiar with the, you get the right people on the bus in the right seats on the bus, right? right. Well, the second part of that statement goes on to say, and then you figure out where you're going to go, hmm. right? Yeah. Once you have the right people on the bus, in the right seats on the bus. And I disagree yeah. because here's my analogy. Let's use the bus analogy. When was the last time you got on a bus and the bus driver turned around and said, okay, folks, where do you want to go? Yeah, exactly. You got right. on that bus because you wanted to go where that bus was going. That's why your followers follow you because you're going somewhere they want to go as That's well. Right. That's right. Your job as a leader is to paint a picture 
you're, you've got to paint a picture in their mind about what it's, what your vision is, where, what does the destination look like? Where are mm-hmm. we going and what's it look like? And it has to be so vivid that they see themselves in that picture. Yeah. Because if they can't see here's here's a case in point. Uh, one of the, this was gosh, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Now um, we were, uh, we were going from on-premises email to cloud email. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, uh, we made the decision uh, to go Google. We were going to go uh, Google email. Mm-hmm. So we had this great project, very successful, implemented it, and boom, we were we were live on Google email, no more uh, on-premises exchange. Two days after go live, my senior systems engineer walked into my office and resigned. And when I started talking to him, it was because he always saw himself as an exchange guy. Uh, he never, he, right. He loved working with exchange and he couldn't see himself in that new world of being uh, an administrator on Google email. Right. I had failed to paint the picture for mm. him. Right. Right. Fast forward uh, a, a couple more years and we were looking at uh, potentially going with a disaster recovery as a service solution. So cloud-based DR. Well, the first thing that I did was I pulled a different senior systems engineer into the room uh, and said, okay, man, I, this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the vision. And here's what you're going to be able to do when we get done with this. Right. Right. I painted this picture and, and he became the champion mm-hmm. uh, of the initiative and uh, ended up after we we implemented that project, he went on to to great great things, because he was no longer babysitting the, all the dr stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, I think the difference was I took the time to paint that picture, and I think yeah. that's what we sometimes fail to do as a leader. We assume because we can see it mm-hmm. that everybody can see it, and yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, totally. Especially if we don't communicate it well, um, yes. multiple times. Yes multiple different ways and things like that. Well, you know, I, I so resonate with that and, and read the the book by Jim Collins many times. And I just never, I've never thought about that aspect of, of what he's saying, but you're right. I, I've never gotten on a bus, <laughs> not knowing where that bus is going before I ever got on it. Right. I, That's right. I, I think That's back right. to my school days when I got on the bus, I knew which bus number went yep. to my house and that's the one I got on and so forth. Um, Absolutely. So, totally and, and, and if you're on a bus and it's going somewhere you don't want to go, you're going to get off. Yeah. Get off and get on a different bus. Totally. Totally. Right. Agree. right, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Again, I, I, I love that. And I think, um, well, it, it applies to the software world specifically, I know, but I think it can also apply like the other analogy we're using with the sales department, but in the software development world, you become the leader of that four man team it's really, really easy to kind of fall into the rut of we just need to survive this project that we're on right now, right? We we have yeah. a lot of work to do and we have a deadline in which to do it. So as the leader, it's really easy to just kind of get laser focused on that and, and call that your vision. So my vision yeah. is let's accomplish this project on time. You could do the same yeah. thing in the sales department, right? Let's hit these sales numbers these, this yes. quarter, right? But yep. as a leader, yep. I think like you were saying, it's so much, it's so important to um, kind of remove ourselves from that a little bit mentally and, and think, yes. all right, what's the bigger picture here, right? What right. What's beyond right. this project or better? And, I, and I'm not talking about what's the next project. I, I'm more talking about philosophically, culturally, you know, mm-hmm. as a team, what is the vision that we want to accomplish as a software development team or as a yes. sales team? And it's it's got to be more than just, um, you know, accomplish this project or sell th- yeah. th- this amount of revenue because your team members, they need a bigger vision yeah. than that. I mean, e- even software yes. projects that are you know, 18 months long. I've been on some that were really, really long, really, really <laughs> yeah. big project. Uh-huh. But I need something more than that, right? There's got to yeah. be more to us as a group, as a team, than just accomplish this project or sell this amount of revenue, right? So I think it's so important that there's got to be that clear 
bigger vision. Yes. And as the leader, that's on you to define yes, what that absolutely. is, not your team member. I mean, you can get absolutely. input from them and so forth. Yeah. You need their buy-in. Yep. But it's your job. Yeah. yeah you've got yeah. to tell them that. And and I love how you, you know, your bus analogy of you've got to define what that is. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to clearly communicate that. Um, and then your people will self-select, right? They will decide, yes, oh, yeah. well, I, I, I don't want to be on this bus. And yeah, so yeah. I'm going to move over here to this one. And that's right. But then you might, you'll also have other people that are on other buses currently. Uh-huh. And they see it and they want to be a part of it. Yeah. They'll yeah. see your bus yeah. and say, raise yeah. their hand and say, no, no, I want to be, I want to be over there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's certainly the, the value in casting that vision and, as it relates to then executing that that vision, I, I want to throw this at you and, and get your input on it. So I the the working definition that I have of leadership, I know you can Google and, and you'll find any set of definitions yes. about leadership, but I define leadership as influencing others towards a shared goal. Mm-hmm. And the word shared, I talk about there, it's got two meanings. First of all, it means communicated, right? We, we just talked yes. about that. We're, we're, we're casting this vision. And so we got to communicate that. Uh, we got to tell yep. people what bus we're on, yes. right? But the second part of that shared word in my definition is this aspect of we are in this together, right? Yes. We're sharing in the accomplishment of this goal. It's, it's not me as the leader in my high castle saying, here's the vision. Now you guys go make it happen, right? Yep. We're in this together. So I'd certainly like to get your input on, all right, I've been clear. I've defined this vision. Everybody knows what bus we're on. Mm-hmm. What, how does a leader get in the trenches or get on the bus with that team and accomplish this vision? That, that is so great, man. And I, I, I've got so many things swirl around my head. The, the, the first thing that popped in my head is there was a blog post, and I, I wish I could find it again, but the, the title of it was something to the effect of your ROI is not a vision. Uh, in, in other words, uh, I, I used to talk about this in a tech company that I worked for. You know, we, we, we dream uh, in the tech space when you're in a startup of, of selling your company for a big multiple, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're driving for and, uh, and all that. But to the person that's, you know, three or four levels down, that's not a vision because right. if you sell your company, they're not going to participate in the rewards of that probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they may even lose their position. Yes. Right. So you, yes. the, the first thing to make sure that you're, you have a shared ver- vision is that it's a vision that works for everybody on that's the bus. Right. That's right. Right. Not that you manage by consensus. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be more than just the dollars and cents. It's gotta mm-hmm. be, this is what we're trying to achieve as a team. Then you know, the second part of that question, Michael, is how do you, how do you get in the trenches with them? Well, we talked about earlier, uh, we've been removed too far from software development to get in and write code. But if my team has to work a weekend, I'm there with them. I'm there. Yeah, I may absolutely. be bringing donuts and pizza, That's exactly but I'm right. there with them. Right. Uh, I would never ask my team to do anything. I wouldn't do myself. Um, and, and I think that goes a long way. Uh, the, your four aspects of leadership, I thought were great. The, because the, the fourth one that you mentioned was relationship, right? You have to have a relationship with your team. That's right. If you don't have a relationship with them, they're not following you anywhere, yeah. uh, right? Because your relationship has got to be built on trust, mutual respect, uh, and, and, and that shared goal, that shared vision. Yeah. Um, and I think part of what we sometimes don't think about as leaders is it may be only a shared vision for a short period of time. We may have people that buy into that vision and they love it, um, but they're only going a few stops on our bus. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to get off and they're going to join another team. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, um, there's going to be others that, that stay on that bus. There'll be others, as you were mentioning, that join the bus. So at different stages of the vision, you have to keep that vision alive and keep it fresh uh, because people will change. Your yep. circumstances will change and you have to keep that, 
kind of going within the environment. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're so, so right. Uh, spot on there. And, and you're so right in that as the leader and oftentimes now removed um, from the subject matter competence, I, I can't get in and, and necessarily do the things that the team members are doing, but the team members must know and they must see and experience that I'm there to do whatever I can do. And, yes. and I literally mean whatever I can, whatever, yes. you know, if I've got to mop the floor, if I've got to clean the toilet, if I, if I've, I have yes. to bring the donuts, if I, whatever yep. it is, I'm going to, to do that. And in that communication of the vision, I always teach people when it, when it comes to communicating vision, teach leaders that there's one critical question you must proactively answer in your communication of the vision and that is, what is in it for them? Yes. Right? Yes. Don't wait for them to ask, hey, what's in it for us if we go and do all the work to yeah. make this vision happen? You've got yes. to proactively answer the question for them. What's in it for them? And then, I, then what happens when you're so engaged in sharing the accomplishment of that goal, It to your team members, it feels like, Right. Whatever, whatever the benefit is to them, it feels to them like you are doing that for their benefit, right? Yes. I'm, I'm not writing code, but I'm there supporting you guys because when we do the hard work of accomplishing this vision, you guys benefit. Um, and and yep. um, when, when that what's in it for them is clear to them and they see you participating in that, it feels to them like you're working for them to some degree, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing about vision is that as you're communicating it, you may, I, I mentioned earlier about painting pictures, mm -hmm. you may paint different pictures for different audiences. It's the same vision. And here's what I mean by that. When you're talking with your internal team and it's, uh, we'll, we'll keep using the, the, the IT reference, right? You can talk in technical language because they get it, they understand it. But if you're presenting to your board of directors you better not talk in a bunch of acronyms. That's right. Right. Yep. You better talk in the language of the business. It's the same vision. You're just, it's a different view of the vision. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, Jeff, I, I told you I was only going to take up an hour of your time and I'm going to stay, stay true to that. But I, I could talk IT stuff and software stuff and we could nerd out on, on leadership <laughs> for, uh, forever here. But before I kind of let you get away from us here, um, I know you've dropped a ton of stuff uh, on on the audience here that I know that they're going to want to know more about. So let's talk about how can this audience find you? How can they connect with you? Um, if they want to kind of carry the conversation further with you, how can the audience find you? There's there's two great ways. First of all, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn. So would love to connect with everybody on on, on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. It's uh, it's Jayton Indy, J-T-O-N-I-N-D-Y J -T -O -N -I -N -D -Y at, on LinkedIn. So okay. uh, reach out to me there and connect. We'd love that. Uh, plus, uh, I have a website, uh, jeffreystun.com. Uh, so you can reach out to me there. And a lot of what we talked about here today, Michael, I, I wrote a book a, a couple of years ago called Amplify Your Value, Leading IT with Strategic Vision. It's got a okay. lot of these concepts in there, uh, a lot more, uh, but for those in your audience that are not in IT, don't let the title scare you because these same concepts apply yeah. no matter where you're leading, right? It's it just that the stories that I tell in that book are, are IT related, but mm -hmm. I think they'd still resonate. Um, and then um, uh, for those who might be in transition, I wrote a book last year called Amplify Your Job Search, Strategies yeah. for Finding Your Dream Job. And uh, I know the pandemic impacted a lot of people negatively on their career. So if you're in that position, you might check that book out. Again, they're available on Amazon or through my website at jeffreystun.com. All right, excellent. And I will leave uh, links to those books and to your, your LinkedIn profile and, and website. I'll leave those uh, in the, the show notes as well. But Jeff, thanks so much. I mean, again, it was I was excited to bring the IT industry to my audience. So I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that and kind of nerd out on software development here a little bit. Uh, but you've shared a ton of great leadership uh, expertise with our audience today. So I really appreciate you, you taking the time to stop by. 
My pleasure, Michael. I have so enjoyed our conversation, man. I could I could keep nerding out on this stuff all day long with you. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. All right. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. My interview with Jeff. I know you enjoyed that. As I said, he and I just kindred spirits growing up in the IT industry, software development specifically. Uh, We just had a lot in common. So I really enjoyed having that conversation with him. And I know you were able to take a lot of leadership lessons away from that conversation as well. Uh, Before I leave you, let me just reiterate some of the things that, that Jeff said. Be sure you check him out on LinkedIn. Again, in the show notes of this podcast episode, I have a link directly to Jeff and his LinkedIn profile, uh, but be sure you check him check him out there at uh, on LinkedIn and also his website, uh, jeffreystun.com. Again, links to that are in the show notes as well. And I mentioned earlier also his uh, his two books. You'll find links to his two books in the show notes, rookieleaders.com. And this is episode number 65. So be sure you check that out. And then finally, again, before I let you go, Take advantage of our leadership calculator. Be sure you do that. Head over to credibleleaders.com. Take advantage of this free online tool for you to utilize to measure your leadership effectiveness. I believe it was Peter Drucker that said, what gets measured gets improved. So if you want to increase your, if you want to improve your leadership effectiveness, you first have to measure it. And we've offered up a great tool for you to do that, the leadership calculator. So be sure, again, you head over to credibleleaders.com and take advantage of that. And until I speak to you again next time, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear, you can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.